as, as I've said to Lee, it was an opinion piece and you're entitled to have an opinion on an opinion piece. You know, the only thing that I struggle with with Lee is... We got a fun show today. Welcome back, Print Hustlers. Thank you so much for joining us. Bruce from Printavo here. Stephen Fair got a Campus Inc. here. We've got Adrian Palmer on. Uh, she, one of the masterminds behind the screen printing mag, just pumping out so much awesome content for the industry. Um, being at the trade shows, doing women and screen printing awards, uh, working, doing the email newsletter, just like all these really cool, amazing value adds for our space. And, uh, she's leaving though. She's leaving to do something else. Pretty exciting. We're going to chat about that. Plus a bunch more really quick though. A couple things. Number one. Print Hustlers Conf is this year. It's happening. It's in Los Angeles, Orange County area. Very excited. It's from November 4th to November 6th. Make sure you go to printhustlers.com. Grab your tickets. Very excited for what's going to happen. We've got a tour of the Bell and Canvas factory. We've got a full day of speaking. We've got uh, a lot of talks at um, on Printavo and Inksoft at Liquid Graphics. So you could see that as well. And just a beautiful area to be hanging out outside with a bunch of other shops. Drum roll, please. All right, Bruce. Um, do you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department? If you go to 1900hotstuff.com, you are going to find Graphic Source. Graphic Source offers industry leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management software. So when it comes to SEPs, mock ups, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office admin, or customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. They have over 30 years in the game. They really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record. If you mention the Printavo pod, you'll get 50% off your first vector, SEP, or embroidery order. And we have three full time graphicsers on our team. So Campus Inc. uses uh, the graphics team a lot. All right, Bruce, who we got next? Steven, I know you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning their screens. Even if you are, you really need to stop doing that. Easy ways line of environments like conscious chemicals will get the job done faster and more efficiently, costing you a fraction of the cost per screen. Your favorite chemicals are 701-842 to help clean dirty screens. But what's really cool about Easy Way, they work with 100 plus distributors in the States, but they're there. They're there to help. They're there to help be your partner. They've got great how-tos, best practices, and just support to be able to help uh, make your shop a lot more efficient. Have you heard of Multicraft Daddy? Uh, that's Multicraft underscore Daddy, who has, I think, over 850 followers as of today. But uh, if you need ink supplies or a daddy, Multicraft Screen Printing and Digital Supplies for over 50 years has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. Um, and if you send him a DM, he's giving away a case of PMI tape per episode. Um, and I think he's been hosting like Sip and Prints once a month um multicraft daddy is getting after it and he's doing a killer job so give him a follow and uh shoot him a message and mention the printable pod thanks so much multicraft last but not least supercolor you know that supercolor is the world's best heat transfer it's made for screen printers by screen printers they really understand the pressures and expectations of running a screen printing business and uh i think they still have like side shops which is really cool and honestly, that's why they pride themselves on being very fast and easy to use. Um, they help, especially being in a pinch. I know you've had issues and they've they've uh, worked with you in overnighted transfers to be able to get the job done quickly. So check them out. Supercolor. Hopefully we can get a really cool shop tour with them soon. They've got a beautiful facility, multiple facilities actually, and uh, and a new website like form to fill out too to be able to order transfers. So Printavo 15 that gets you 15% off your order. Check them out. All right. Ready? Let's get it. Let's jump into the show. All right. The journalist mastermind behind screen printing mag, Adrian Palmer. Wow, I've never had that intro before. Thank you. Actually, so you know, we um we actually, that's one of our like feed lists of, of, all right, let's get some topics together. And then one of the tabs is screen printing mag pull. What, what's the latest and greatest? 
or the emails. I'll yeah, we, yeah. Emails. we search through them every week. So people are, we are reading them. But, but anyway, yeah, you don't work there anymore, though. You don't but. work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I don't. But obviously, I still, it holds a special place in my heart and I want it to succeed. And I think it's a great resource. So I'm glad that you utilize it so often. So Adrian, I think we've all met probably, I don't know, over the last several years. Um, and uh, you didn't come from the printing industry, but now you're in the printing industry and you've been here for a while. Um, I guess uh, just for anyone who hasn't met you, um, do you want to give us a quick, you know, eight years and 30 seconds, what, what <laughs> yeah. you've been up to? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I do not come from the print industry. I have a journalism magazine journalism degree from uh, Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. I went to the EW Scripps School of Journalism there. And uh, in 2012, I was looking for a magazine job and I posted on the OU alumni LinkedIn page. And my former, former, former boss at the time uh, was looking for an assistant editor at Big Picture which is in the wide format printing space. And I was like, great, it's in the city that I want to be in. It's a magazine journalism job. Like, I don't know what any of this is, but I'm in. So I just worked my way up with big picture from assistant editor to associate editor to managing editor to eventually editor in chief. Um, and I just fell in love with the print industry, but I didn't know anything really about apparel. I just knew that one of our sister publications covered it. Um, and so when we did some restructuring with the company, I got a phone call that was like, Hey, you're going to be the editor in chief of screen printing too. It's like, what? <laughs> Great. So, uh, I, yeah, I joined with screen printing and maybe like 2018 or 2019. Um, and I've been in love with the apparel industry ever since. Uh, and so when I got the offer to work for DTF.com, I was really excited. I was sad to leave the brands because I'd been with them, you know, my former company for almost 11 years. Um, but I was really excited to stay in the apparel industry because I feel like I'm much more connected in this space um, over time. And so, yeah, now I'm the editor in chief of DTF.com. Congrats on the uh, congrats on the new role. Um, so. Is Big Printing Mag, is that owned by the same company as Screen Printing Mag? Because the websites are the same layout. Yeah, so it used to be ST Media Group, which was a 100-plus-year-old family company that also had Science of the Times um, and some other magazines. And then we were bought out in 2020 by Smartwork Media, which also has a few different um, trade publications. So Big Picture and Screen Printing are sister pubs. Ah, fascinating. And the revenue is they're mainly driven through advertising or do they do trade shows too somewhere? Some of the other brands do. Uh, In-store, which is um, for uh, like Envision for eye care, um, in-store for the jewelry business, Pets Plus, they all do trade shows. Um, but for the signage and graphics brands, more attending trade shows. So a lot of that advertising revenue comes from or uh, the revenue comes from advertising and then sponsorships of things like the wife, Women in Wide Format Awards or Women's Screen Printing Awards, uh, Best of Wide Format Awards, things like that. Wow. Fair. Have you ever seen this? Smartworkmedia.com. So okay. I never really looked behind Screen Printing Mag and the others, but... I was just at dinner with someone. Maybe I think we're in like a group together. And he has a niche magazine for like aging and geriatrics. <laughs> And it's just like he just targets like nursing homes and like that industry. And he's like, yeah, it's uh, it's an untapped market. No one's writing for it. And so it's just really interesting how you look at a niche like screen printing and, you know, there's an entire like media empire behind it, which is kind of cool. Um, Adrian, when you were at Screen Printing Mag, what did you because like you guys put out a ton of content uh, and it's really, really well curated. Was it just you like... What did your team look like? Because, I mean, if you don't subscribe, you should, but um, it's heavy. Yeah. So with any of the brands, you know, for me, I was the editor in chief. And so I had a sales rep, Lou Arnberg, and then um, a managing editor, Matt Danford, who Matt Danford is taking over um, for screen printing and big picture. And so I worked super closely with them for editorial and sales. 
but we also had an entire production team um, to get the magazine out, a full set of art directors, um, an entire web team, and then, you know, higher ups that were making bigger decisions based on content and um, the direction of, of all the brands overall. So, you know, there's a, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen to get out a magazine, especially a print edition. Um, but in terms of just day to day, it was really myself, um, Matt, or whoever was in the managing editor or associate editor role, and then Lou Sales. Wow. That's incredible. super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at all the other publications. I had no idea. Um, but really fascinating. What do you feel like content wise you would have wanted to do? Like if you were there another three, four years or something, um, and maybe you're going to do it DTF.com, but like, is there anything kind of out of the box that you really want to push on? Yeah. And maybe I should just kind of share a little bit, you know, what DTF.com is. Um, and so DTF Superstore is launching DTF.com, which will be a website and a newsletter and a podcast dedicated to helping apparel decorators in the direct-to-fill market grow their businesses and brands. Our goal is to be the go-to space for anything and everything DTF-related. And so that will include industry news, how-tos, um, DTF basics, tips, tricks, new products, um, demonstrations, directories, and we plan to launch that by Printing United. I think, Stephen, you've already maybe been approached for a shop profile, uh, so listeners can can stay tuned for that. So that's what will be happening with DTF.com, specifically for the direct-to-film space. Um, and so with that, I am doing things that I want to do maybe just on a more niche scale. And so being the editor-in-chief of two brands, there's a lot of content constantly and a lot of different audiences. And even, Stephen, we deal with this, you know, with the screen printing editorial advisory board, there's a lot of audiences, even just within screen printing, like different demographics. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to just focus on one thing um, because I feel like I can do a lot in the directed film space for that. Um, but yeah, I guess if I were to stay with the brands, I would have liked to figure out some type of more community-based project. I think that we were doing really great things with the mentorship project, which is a six-month match program for wide format printers and screen printers in the space. Um, I think that's that's really needed, and I think it kind of helps bridge that gap between the newbies and the industry vets, um, and it's like mutually beneficial. And so I think more things like that and maybe even getting into different events in that space where people are learning from each other, um, you know, with screen printing and big picture, we're the number one resources in that space specifically for education. And so I think that there could have been maybe more in my future there, but hopefully I can continue that with DTF.com. Um, the, so like the mentorship project was really, is really cool. It's still ongoing. Um, Bruce and I are working with Billy. Um, and there's actually a couple episodes. I think one just dropped today and then actually like one of our team members is working with another shop as well. So pretty cool. Okay. I just have to ask, how did your like audience outside of the printing industry respond to, I am running the publications and marketing for DTF.com? <laughs> Uh, a lot of what now? <laughs> Say that again? Uh, <laughs> a lot of confusion. Like, I think, you know, saying that in the industry, everyone was like, oh, that's sweet. We actually, yeah, it was really nice sense. to hear from people like in the industry. It was like, oh yeah, we've, we're moving into that space where our, like Stephen, when I talked to you, we're like, oh yeah, I already work with DTF Superstore. It was a lot of like reassurance that I was doing the right thing. But <laughs> when I tell people outside of the industry, well, first off, they think what you think, and they're, like, very confused um, and, like, a little bit shocked. And then they then they think, like, direct-to-film is in, like, are you working for, like, Blockbuster? Like, is this some type like of, like, Polaroid? Movie? Yeah, like, are you, like, direct to, like, DVD or something? And so people think that That's I moved fine. into, like... like Steven's still a t-shirt guy in the family, yeah, so... Yeah, my, 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 <laughs> aunts, guy, so. my aunts and uncles still say, like, are you still doing that t-shirt thing, Bruce? Yeah, I think people were just, like, needed an explanation. 
it, it, uh, it, it makes total sense as a transition, which I think is cool. And I think, you know, if you go to DTF.com, there's like nothing there as of a couple of days ago and still now. So it sounds like you're building from the ground up. Yeah. Starting from complete scratch. So working on the website design and, uh, the logo and the content. I've built out a lot of content already that's ready to kind of just be plugged into um, whatever theme we choose. So we're kind of in that, the planning and, and phasing stage of that, which is pretty cool. Um, I have, you know, with the previous companies I've worked for, I've helped build websites and have an idea and vision for what things should look like. Um, and so I'm excited to just like really start from scratch with this and uh yeah are you using any ai stuff to help you write oh boy so yes and no i mean obviously it as a journalist you know it, it scares me a little bit um just because it's like wow this stuff is really good and i'm really impressed with some of the things that it puts together i mean i think you and i talked bruce about how one of my last uh, letters from the editors from screen printing like i completely i used chat gpt to write my letter. And I mean, it was pretty boring and like pretty long and lame, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it fit the bill. And so I've used it a few times just, you know, if I'm wanting to like generate interview questions and what I think maybe the interview questions aren't as crisp or clear, I'll plug in some stuff and be like, okay, that's a better way to phrase that question. Or, you know, right now I'm, I'm considering podcast names. And so I just plugged in, you know, what are some cool names? And I'm not going to take any of them straight from whatever chat GPT puts out. But a it's, good inspiration. it's more like a brainstorming. Yeah, it's like a brainstorming tool for me. Um, that makes sense. But I think some previous interns used it to write their articles for us um, at screen printing. So it's like, you can really tell when someone's just using AI um, because some of the sentences don't make sense, but then sometimes words that you like wouldn't necessarily use are just thrown in there. So for me, I can, I can tell a lot of the time just from like the naked eye that this is not something that you wrote. Um, which gives me like a little bit hope that like, it won't take over. I was writing a pretty long memo thing and then I like tried to throw it in there to like see how it would work. And then it like made it sound way too smart. And I was just like, okay, I need to use some of my bad writing <laughs> and just like throw that back in there. But you, you could tell it the tone. Like too, write like Steven that doesn't know <laughs> how to use commas and you know, yeah. like... <laughs> Include 5% punctuation errors. <laughs> yeah, include, yeah, punctuation yeah. errors. Um, it's just interesting because I think uh, people's websites to optimize for Google is easy, low-hanging fruit um, to be able to get more sales. And so, but it's hard to sit down and actually write that stuff out. So, like, I've used it to, yeah, like you said, write me stuff and then I'll copy and paste and change it and reword a lot. And then at least it gets me half of the way there. Adrian, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Okay, like DTF.com must have cost a pretty penny. Do you have any idea what they paid for that domain? All right, real quick, I got to tell you something. This is really interesting, and here's why. We formed a company called Inktavo. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now. Printavo, Inksoft, and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo is managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus, in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right. Check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. I do have an idea. Are you allowed to share? <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to share or not, but it was a pretty penny, I, as you would two, kind of 250 imagine. grand. I'm going to guess. Or you're guess at like 150. I'm at 200. $1, Bob. Are we, are we close? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you can. Damn. I mean, three letter three letter domains are are very rare. 
Um, and so, yeah, they're super expensive to yeah. get. I think we should just touch on, I don't want to like drag this one out anymore, but it's been interesting watching the, the influencer post. So, um, we, so obviously we talked about it and I, I think like we came to the conclusion that we thought it's like an and conversation for the industry. It's like, this is really great to have a person who's actually using the product and talking about it to try to be less salesy. Um, and, and like give tips on the, and people, you know, these companies are doing trade shows and other stuff. So it's just one channel. Um, especially when, you know, everybody grew up on quote unquote influencers with like Orion Moore or Catsbit Productions. Um, obviously we had then stage two was <laughs> Lee texted and wanted to come on and, and talk about it, which was fascinating because I don't think anybody really knew behind the scenes, you know, as probably the biggest YouTuber, what, like how does this work with equipment manufacturers? And it's actually not that like, he just seems to have a passion for video production. It's not that lucrative, um, really at all for it. It's not like these manufacturers are throwing tons of coin, that way. Um, there's a lot of interesting affiliate programs. And now we've got the original author, um, the source to know who is the manufacturer, uh, who was there, but like, I'm just kind of curious of your thoughts on it. Did you think it would go this viral around and people would talk about it so much? What, What do you think? Adrian, you know, it's good journalism, if there are three podcast episodes about it <laughs> and influencers are coming out of the woodwork to talk about them themselves. So uh, you, you did assemble like the article and take a bunch of polls and you haven't revealed you've, you've kept your source confidential, um, which, you know, we respect and we still want them to come on here. So message us. Um, but like, yeah, what, what went through your mind when you're putting this all together it was like, oh, I'll just put a piece together and see what happens. Like, were you very passionate about this? How, how did this all play out? Yeah. So I mean, running this piece was part of a pretty big internal discussion with multiple options for how to share it or not share it at all. And eventually, you know, we landed on sharing the brain squad responses and the anonymous response because the source felt as though it was their personal opinion and not of the company's. Um, and, that person may want to come on the podcast, so keep pushing for that. Um, but no, I I didn't think Lee would take it as a personal attack. And funnily enough, the source, as of yesterday, does say that they weren't even aware of Lee at all until they saw the backlash. So you can take that as you will. Um, like as as I've said to Lee, it was an opinion piece, and you're entitled to have an opinion on an opinion piece. You know, the only thing that I struggle with with Lee is just attacking the magazine as a whole. You know, it's a resource to the screen printing community and has been for 70 years. I wasn't salty about his opinion on the influencer stuff. I was just upset that he would alienate an entire resource that provides industry news, new technology, exclusive data from that brain squad and key point intelligence, um, business tips, the mentorship program that we talked about, you know, all based on a piece of an article he didn't agree with. Um, I think his followers could really benefit from what screen printing mag provides. And instead he's like making fun of the publication for not having a lot of followers on Instagram. And he kind of did this earlier this year regarding a comment, um, Andy McDougall made in his opinion column. Um, Andy shared his concern about YouTube University being the only source of education for new screen printers. I mean, you guys know Andy, he's a hands-on dude and finds value in in in-person classes and training. But in the same issue, Sam from Branded Threads touted how he could not have built his business without YouTube and influencers, like you said, like Ryan Moore and Catspit. Um, and well, we kind of talked about this, like Steven, you know, being on the board, the magazine has to cover a lot of ground for a wide range of screen printers, young and old. So when I was there, it was always important for me to show 
you know, both sides. Like maybe there's some concern about YouTube University. Maybe there's like really great things about it. Uh, anyway, Lee didn't agree with Andy's opinion, which is fine. I just felt like he went off on the magazine for publishing it. Um, but in, in terms of influencers, like I agree with what you both said in, in a previous podcast that influencers are, you know, whoever is promoting a product, they've been gifted or even Lee said, you know, receiving some type of residual, you know, like you should be forthright, just be transparent. Like, I don't know, we see influencers do their thing like all day, every day outside of the apparel industry. Um, I don't know, like this is like buy this tummy tea and you'll lose 20 pounds by next week. You know, most people are going to know they're getting paid to schlep whatever it is they're saying is the best thing they've ever used in their entire life. Um, and, you know, they have to place like hashtag ad or something that shows they're getting paid to promote it. So like at DTF.com, if we run an advertorial or a sponsored webinar or a sponsored IG post, like we'll say this is sponsored. Yeah, it's just I think fair that's a great to the point audience. Too. Um, I, yeah, well, and I was just going to say that, like, I was trying to, I think maybe it was at ThreadX, Jay Pucel asked the audience, like, what brand they value the most. Like, it doesn't matter how much it costs, you're going to go with that brand. So, like, during that session, I remember, like, for me, that's Delta. Like, I can be stuck overnight on the floor in the Atlanta airport with a like hope and a prayer that I will be on the next flight. And like, I will still book my next flight with Delta because I have status and like brand loyalty. And I think that's the same with industry influencers because I met a few guys at um, Maid Labs WB camp last month who were like, yeah, we followed Ryan Moore and ScreenGreen.com and we love everything he does. So of course we had to come here and learn from him. And so I think that people are going to connect with someone they trust, who they admire, who they see themselves becoming, and then listen to whatever they have to say. And if that's buy this product, because look how much money it's made me, they're most likely going to buy that product. So I just, I think there's a difference between influencing and being a brand ambassador. And so it's important for people in the industry to decide where they land. And I think there needs to be a balance between like listening to every single thing one person says and taking it at face value versus listening to that person and then also talking to different vendors and shop owners um, and reading or watching industry resources wherever that they come from. I think we see this so much outside the industry, um, but since we're such a small community, it like kind of affects us a little bit more, but like, I'm just going to go in and kind of left field here for a second. But uh, if you know, then have you, Bruce, have you ever heard the names of Emma and Jen's greed? Before? No. What's that? Adrian, have you heard of them? This is the husband and wife, um, like co-business owners that run all of the Kardashians, different businesses. Oh, so like skims. Um, they're worth like the other ones, skims and glow and all that stuff. But they essentially assemble them. Um, they take equity stake in them, and then they obviously have the Kardashians back it, um, and then blow it up that way. Um, and so like like influencer marketing or like affiliate marketing or you know paid performance marketing, like it's out there everywhere. I think it's just like maybe hitting home a little more because we're actually starting to see it start to penetrate our industry. And people might think like, why them? Or who, how are they qualified to do it? Right. Um, but I think my opinion is consistently like influencers bring the customer slightly closer to making a buying decision. Like I, I kind of asked this to Bruce and Adrian, I'll ask you this. Would you rather trust an influencer or a, would you rather trust a shop owner that has had a press or a salesperson from that company from a press manufacturer like oh a shop you, owner a thousand a shop percent owner. yeah so like yeah. i'm gonna call andy at shirt kong to get the good the bad the ugly because he's been you know he's been with mnr for for forever um for like i think andy's like 32 years old now um so he's probably been there for like half his life 
Uh, and so I'm going to talk to him right away. Right. And so I think like there is something to be said about, you know, manufacturers actually leaning into more influencers or ambassadors, I guess from your standpoint, like what are other niche industries that might do a, that you see Adrian that do a good job with influencer marketing, like in a niche, we're not talking Kardashians here, but like, do you see it on the wide format side? No, not really. It was starting to be a little bit of a conversation with some of the manufacturers just because I saw some things on LinkedIn that people were looking for influencers in the space. Um, If anything, that would probably be more so on the interior decor side. So home furnishings in the sense of wall, digitally printed wall coverings and couch cushions and um, hanging curtains, things like that, because that's more on the design side um, and you're going to get a lot more celebrity interest there. And so I think that that space was looking into it. But in terms of billboards, vehicle wraps, maybe so in the vehicle wrap space, if you could get an influencer that maybe is a race car driver or someone who's doing really cool wraps, you know, I guess technically Justin Pate, who is... Um, a pretty famous rap installer in that space. Like he could be considered an an influencer. He does have allegiance um, to certain substrate companies, um, but not as much as what we're seeing specifically in the apparel side where you go, you know, Lee Stewart is an influencer in the space. You know, Ryan Moore is an influencer in the space. Bruce, what about you? What are other industries you look at that like do a good job of it? I mean, um, in the like direct-to-consumer world, it's so prevalent. It's probably too prevalent. For example, I'm sure you guys have heard of Athletic Greens, this like pow- green powder that you're supposed to have in the morning. It's supposed to have a bunch of multivitamins and everything to take it. Um, you can't find any like l- reviews of this stuff or really understand if it's good or bad because they have paid every single person uh, and even more subtly too, like they paid people on video and then they also paid people that write independent blogs. And so it, it's, it's gone way too far, but in DTC world, I mean, it's common, it's, it's common stakes. It's, it's just like, all right, what, what marketing are we doing? All right. Uh, we're paying for ads. We're writing a blog for SEO and we got to find some micro influencers that we can afford and pay them to make video content for us as well. Um, so And and I think like our industry always has like will follow those trends. And that's why it's been a little bit easier to to kind of predict waves, especially on the technology side, because it tends to be five or so years behind what's just already happening. Um, And so it's going to pull even closer there. But it is kind of interesting that there isn't in like wide format. And I'm assuming there's nothing in uh, direct to film just yet either, because that's so young. But. The direct-to-film Facebook groups are crazy. Yeah, Stephen, is that going to be you? Is it? I mean, I'm out. <laughs> I've already gotten so much uh, commentary. I don't know, Eugene, if you've seen his journey of direct-to-film and the videos documenting it, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I'm fascinating. On six. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. On- no, I'm very fascinated by that. It's it's interesting because a lot of the early manufacturers were like, here, take the machine, use it. And if it's good, push it. And actually, like we struck out with the first one because it was so bad. Um, and that's how I met Andy from DTF Superstore. Um, and we're trying out the new Mamaki right now, which we'll see how it goes. Um, also trying out another one from uh, American Print Supply Company um, that we kind of like and we're, we're testing them out. But candidly like all of my friends message me or industry people message me like all the time like how's the machine running do you like it is it working and if i were paid to say something that was inaccurate i would just feel bad um so like i don't know it's such a ripe space that like the last thing i'd want to do is tell like justin lawrence to buy this machine and it just he's like what the fuck did you well no i think you have said that i'm trying this one and then and then two months later it's Okay. People buy it. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, 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 stop buying this one. Uh it was funny, Adrian. The first one, I the Cobra Flex one, 
uh, people were asking and, and then he was like, well, I have to make an update video because this thing's terrible. I'm not getting support and everything else. I'm ditching it. Um, but people spent a bunch of money on it. So, all right. So I guess Steven is the DTF influencer. Perfect. No, there are more, yeah, right. there are like DT, but the DTF space kind of has this like firewall between the screen printing industry a little bit. Like Adrian, have you spent time in the Facebook groups and the forums and stuff? Like it is a completely different ecosystem, right? Yeah, I agree. One, I, I just got connected um, to the DTF Superstore Facebook group um, as an admin. And so I'm just now digging into that, but I literally get hundred to 200 requests to join that group every single day. Wow. Just amazing how many people want to be a part of that. I mean, it's like every time I look at my, like, which I probably need to set up something with my email right now, but it's like constant, um, just getting updates with people requesting and they're not just bots, they're legit people. Um, so that for me is exciting to see. Do you feel like it's more creators and garage shops than like enterprise level like companies? So far, yes, but I do think that it's a mix. Um, I think the people that I've connected with so far are actually a lot of people from my contacts from screen printing, like yourself, Stephen, like people that I just said like, hey, I'm moving over to DTF.com and they're like, oh, we're actually adding that or we outsource that, but we want to bring it in-house now. There seems to be more opportunities. And a lot of people already are connected with companies like Mamaki or Roland, especially even like on the wide format side. So they're like more familiar with these brands and they're not having to feel a little bit weird about not having a vendor connection. Um, but yeah, it does seem like there are a lot of people like um, Jennifer Sanderson, Pigskins and Pigtails, kind of that market too. Like even some, a little bit of like the Etsy market. Um, but yeah, it does seem like smaller businesses now, but I think that's just going to grow and change. I think DTF is a little bit of the, the future of screen printing. I don't think screen printing will go away at all. Um, but it does seem like more people are leaning into this because of the different benefits it provides. I don't think there is a source for like, I would always talk to Andy early on at DTF Superstore. I was like, we need education. We need resources. We need videos. I need to be able to send my team stuff. And he's like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, because I was just like, I think he was getting slaughtered with with how much inbound was happening. How do you stay industry agnostic while knowing that you're backed by a manufacturer? Because you are going to be a publication a little bit. Like, have you thought about that? Or, yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was like the first thing that I even really discussed with Andy was that, you know, with my previous magazines, they're owned by a publication house. We're not, you know, we make our money from advertising and it's like, I've never really crossed that line. Um, and so the conversation we had was that DTF Superstore would be at an arm's length, but that DTF.com is its own entity and is a resource and education for the space. So we will be taking advertising from technically what you could maybe even consider competition to DTF Superstore, you know, it's going to be this own entity. And so we're going to be having advertising on the site. um, DTF Expo is happening in February in Phoenix. Um, And so it'll be a DTF specific trade show and with sessions. Steven, if you want to join me on a panel. Let me know. Well, who's hosting um, but that? all of the vendors. Yeah, where, 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 wait, DTF DTF.com. In Arizona. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, DTF. So, they're investing a lot. And so, and all vendor spaces are free and attendance is free. So, we are hoping that that's just, you know, another start to getting a lot of different uh, vendors and suppliers in the space um, in one spot. And having a lot of sessions and education around the new technology and ways that you can utilize it and grow your business, whether you're starting from scratch or whether you are a screen printer or even in DTG or dye sublimation and want to add this. And so, you know, what I'm building on the site right now, I think I mentioned a lot of it's like there's like an entire like basic section, what you need to know, there are how to's. We'll be utilizing some of the videos from the DTF Superstore YouTube. Um, but a lot of it, most of it will be, you know, just like fresh content and just a total education space for people to learn. Wow. Um, 
I think it's really interesting because when DTF really first started to come out, there were a lot of suppliers and they're all buying the same machines, um, trying to unpack them, trying to rebuild them, trying to resell them. And uh, as a first mover, like DTF Superstore is making a huge investment, like long tail saying like, okay, all of these like pop-up companies are going to shut down once they realize you know how hard it is to support. So we're going to focus on education, resources, and content. I guess like, how do you look at the, you know, Supercolor world, right? Like Supercolor has done an incredible job in the space. Um, and quite frankly, I tell shops when they message me, should I buy a DTF? I say no. I say like, make sure, you know, when you're spending over 15 grand a month at Supercolor, all right, consider it, right? How do you look at that space and the stall space with like DTF coming, come, kind of becoming a big player? I think it's what you just said. It depends on what you're spending on transfers. I mean, stalls and Supercolor kind of want to be that educational resource and say, you know, you don't have to, we can do it for you type thing. So you don't have to do it yourself. And I think and I've had that conversation with many people in terms of outsourcing in general, it really depends on who your partner is and what you have the capabilities for and what you have, you know, the resources and money for. So I think that all depends. I think Supercolor installs are fantastic um, and people who work with them are really, really pleased. So I think it just whatever works best for you. But I think as like equipment, more manufacturers start creating new machinery and people can bring it in house. And I think that's the direction that it will go. Gotcha. So there's not going to be an advertisement on there that's like, we'll just DT, we'll just. So like, because there are a lot of companies that that buy DTFs just to sell transfers to others, right? Supercolor yeah. installs being you know two of the biggest ones. Uh, the yeah. thought process wouldn't be to necessarily let them like advertise and say like we'll just run these transfers for you. Or I mean, I guess that's a bridge we have to cross. I mean, that's assuming that Supercolor and stalls want to advertise with us. Um, but I think there are like partnership opportunities and I think that's a conversation to be had. But I mean, if you're in the DTF space, like you're going to be using, you're, you need to know about these different companies and you need to know about these different options. And if our goal is not to make money from advertising, which was my the goal of the previous brands. Like we didn't survive without that. Our goal is just to be a resource. Like it's, that's, that's what it is. Like we are an education hub. Um, so if people come on there and, and find something that works for them, I think that's good too. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Right. Uh, like when, when it really yeah. comes down to it. Uh, <laughs> well, Bruce, I think it's I think it's interesting. Like Rum's a good friend of ours, and we talked to him quite a bit. And he's like, "I'm just happy that more people are heat pressing, right? Like, I'm just happy that I think it gets more, more customers more people from people buying equipment and then just being like, nah, <laughs> and it. then and then going back to him. Yeah, there's a um, there's a really cool video I was watching because I think like in our industry, it's always an arms race when it really could be an and conversation, like you said, Bruce, like a lot of collaboration, a lot of partnerships and a lot of opportunities to really like corner the market instead of you know, pinning each other against one another. And there's a really cool video Steve Jobs did where they actually partnered with Microsoft. Microsoft made like $130 million investment into Apple to secure that Apple would always use Microsoft Office and that the default browser on the initial Mac would be an Internet Explorer. And so like he came out on stage and then a little bit later, Bill Gates popped up on a, on a video cam um, and it was just like this cool frenemy kind of thing happening. But the one thing he said was now we have 100 percent of the market, which like kind of was like, oh, OK, they they definitely know what they're doing here. So I don't know. I, I hope to see more collaboration because I feel like there's enough to go around. I've always felt the screen printing industry at least was open to that and really honest and wanting other people to grow. I mean, with wide format, everyone was just a little bit, they talked a lot about co-opetition. And if you weren't in my region, then sure, like I'll help you out. Um, you know, if you're not considered a direct competitor. Um, and then when I got into the screen printing space and apparel decoration space, I felt like everyone was just like, come on into my shop. I'll show you everything. There are no secrets. Um, you know, we want you to want you to learn from us um, and that there's enough in the market for everyone. 
I, uh, I was just thinking about all the different things that you've been able to contribute to the space. And so I think it's cool um, to be able to have you on, but also just say thanks for all the contributions. I was thinking, I was like, wow, okay, the, you know, women in awards, all the different awards you put on, obviously the mentor program you put on, I'm sure however many articles and, and tutorials and education pieces you've written. Um, just being like super like connecting at, at trade shows and everything. Um, the emails, I mean, there's just, there's been a lot, so it, it's going to be exciting to see what you do now in the direct to film arena. Thanks. Yeah. I feel, I feel good about what I've been able to do in the industry. Um, yeah, specifically with the awards and the mentorship project. And I'm proud of, of both magazines and, and what I was able to do. I'm excited for, for DTF. Um, yeah, I really wanted to stay in the apparel industry, so I'm glad that I can. I'm still on the Unite Together board. I'm still on the Women in Print Alliance board. Um, so I'm still like very much involved in the things that I find important in the industry while also being able to provide something new and what I think will be pretty cool. So yeah, thanks. Adrian, as you build out the new, as you build out DTF.com, do you have a team or are you just, are you flying solo or like, what's this look like when you all, yeah, give us a little. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Andy McDaniel with DTF Superstore is my boss, my direct boss. Um, I'm working with a guy, Mike, who's on the web development side. So he's helping me create the theme and actually build out the entire site. I do not know how to do that myself. I can tell you what I want, uh, but I can't do it myself. So he's working on building out the site. Um, and then there's uh, Susie in marketing who's working on DTF Expo. Um, and so, and then, then Jeremy who handles uh, the video team specifically for DTF Superstore. So while I'm working with all of those people, I'm pretty much building out the content and deciding what this looks like on my own, which is cool. It's scrappy. It's That's so cool. It's super <laughs> cool to be on the ground floor of a content machine, um, especially coming from a lot of experience, um, which is kind of cool. Bruce, I mean, you've been making content for Printavo for years. It's been a big part of it. Would you have ever thought Printavo's content today would be as important as it was when you were still working another job? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm, that was that was big for you. I think content is the most important thing any company can do. To it's it it becomes a snowball and becomes. That's why I find this fascinating. I think from direct to film DTF Superstore, like making this investment. I think um, you know if you want a long term uh, kind of SEO engine plus just generally natural inbound that comes in, content is the way to do it. Um, it's just slow. Like it's a slow burn because it's not, you, you can't just go buy keywords like on Google ads or retargeting or something like that and get a return tomorrow. Um, but an incredible investment, especially to see a company try to do the, the event and trade show. Obviously we, you know, have dove into that too, but yeah, it's really cool. Um, totally separate, non-related question. Magazines, uh, you know, I think like newspaper publications took a big dump uh, maybe 10 years ago or so. Is it? But it seems like there is this roll up of these very specialized publications, like the one Stephen mentioned, the one you were a part of in 2020. Um, are they pretty profitable then on, on the back end then now with, you know, I guess there's, there's still revenue channel is selling ads. Um, I do see some paywalls come up on like very niche magazines too. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I went to school for magazine journalism, so it's like important to me that magazines stick around, but in terms of making money from them, you are not going to make money just from a magazine unless you're putting out a magazine, you know, maybe twice a year, that's a couple hundred pages and it's like the go-to piece. But for a trade publication, that's not really feasible because people are getting fed information constantly. Like you guys mentioned the screen printing newsletter and you know, like you're getting, and even like the YouTube and there's constantly information coming out that you can't necessarily wait six months to get this amazingly huge, awesome magazine. 
it, it would have to be more shop profile based. It would have to be, it wouldn't have, couldn't include like news or trends or new products because it would be old. But in terms of magazines, magazines have to be so much more now. So they have to include events. They have to include awards. They have to include newsletters, social media, all these different outlets that are going to make the brand money. And so, I mean, that was a question for Andy. I was like, or, do you have any interest in putting out a magazine? He's like, not really. I was like, sweet. Because like, I think like, I mean, as much as I love magazines and I think that they're really beneficial, like even moving screen printing to all digital in 2020, we got so much flack for that. But then once the magazine came out, people were like, oh, I love this because there are videos that play within the page and I can like, it's mobile friendly and I'm getting it more often. The content is longer. So it's tough because as much as people love a magazine, advertisers specifically are looking for direct traffic. So you can say that, you know, for a big picture, our subscriber list is, you know, 26,000. Then when we go to Printing United, the Passover rate is, you know, not getting us to 70,000, 80,000. But as an advertiser, like you can't prove that necessarily. So they're moving to traffic that is, you can see it. Right. So in measured if versions they have clicks. an ad, yeah. digital edition, or if they have an ad on the website, or if they have an ad in an e-blast or newsletter or social media, like they can track that. And so that's where they're moving. And that's why I think screen printing does so well with the digital edition, because someone like Rock can see their two-page spread, how many clicks they're getting for every single video or link or whatever is in that. And do, do people like reading the, the like PDF version that you guys send out? as well as just like the normal blog on the web or like what is the most you think viewed the, when you've got the physical magazine is one, the PDF is the other, and then the individual articles that you publish on the site. It all varies. Um, especially because some articles, you know, that are in the magazine are just going to get a ton more views. Like for the example, the influencer article, um, cause that's going to get passed around to so many people who aren't even subscribers. Um, so it definitely, depends but we have more subscribers i i shouldn't say we screen printing magazine i believe has more subscribers to the digital edition as a whole than like just a specific newsletter i could be wrong about that um but i also think it's whatever anybody enjoys some people don't even know that the magazine exists they're just subscribed to the newsletter like when i introduce people to myself to people they'll be like oh yeah i get your newsletter i was like oh well do you get the magazine too they're like what magazine so it's, it really depends. And, and for listeners that kind of want to understand what we're talking about, we're talking about what's called like UTM links. And so um, if Rock advertises, like basically if you look at any of these publications, every single link on there is trackable. So even like an influencer in the bottom of their YouTube page can put like the products they use in their shop. And if you click on that link and end up buying a product, it tracks the pixels and the cookies or whatever. And then it'll attribute to whoever that might be. So like, it's really interesting how you think about it. The general user every day doesn't really think about it like that. But that is kind of the ulterior motive one way or the other, um, which is really, really interesting because I don't think our industry does a ton of it. I think we're like kind of behind in that world. Um, I don't know. Bruce, do you guys do a lot of tracking? where conversions come from try to like, but it's so difficult um just because so many people are multi like they may be on their phone or they may be on the laptop or or whatever but um but i i, I think the 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 revenue models of magazines is just interesting to watch of of like what works and to your point it's like you've got different audience members coming from different sources and so how do you cover a bunch. Like I always thought it would be fascinating just to send very short form versions of content out, like almost on postcards, um, as like a weekly like thing, like almost like a newsletter that you get in the email, but it's on a postcard that you get. Cause some people just are not, they're not on Facebook. They're not on, you know, Instagram or whatever. And so, um, can you hook people in that way? Almost replicating what you're doing with retargeting on the web. But, uh, you know, but then now I subscribe to like three or four different websites that I pay 20 bucks a month for, which I would never thought I would do maybe a couple of years ago. 
And there are some like uh, Bruce and I follow a guy that started the hustle. Um, and it was like a daily newsletter that came out, um, ended up getting acquired by HubSpot for like 20 some million dollars just based off of this like content delivery model. Um, so it's super cool. It's super, super fascinating. Um, so yeah. Yeah. The paywall of it all is, is really interesting. I mean, a lot of newspapers went to that. I just got blocked on vanity fair yesterday, even though I thought I had an account, you know, trying to read an article and it's like, you've hit your limit. Um, but the content has to be just so amazing. Can't there. be chat like If you're going to pay for it. Cause yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. We, we had talked about it, um, at screen printing and big picture, if there was any benefit to that, uh, it was definitely a conversation. I think I remember one of my board members was like, yeah, I print out the PDFs, um, from the big picture digital edition. And so I can like mark them up and write them or whatever. And I was like, well, we do have a print edition, <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, I know. But like, I like to print out the PDF version of it. So I think it's just really interesting. Bruce, do you have a printer? Like, no, but I've seen people come to the trade show with printed out blog posts, um, and, and like reference it to us. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize people did, actually did that. Um, so anyway, I, I think techcrunch.com is like a tech website. They, they do like part, like, so they drive SEO with the main articles and then the other ones like more resourcey that you have to be a pro member. Yeah. Uh, CNBC, I think does that too, but who, who knows what the revenue looks like behind the scenes. But it is interesting. Like, would you pay f- like if for a screen printing mag or impressions mag or something, you know, 10, 20 bucks a month, um, that goes towards like really high quality content. I mean, I think you're right. Like if it hits that bar and like, I think if I see it a couple times and people link to articles that are paywalled, probably. Screen printers are so vocal about what they love, what they hate. <laughs> like we're Steven vocal about what we hate. Past <laughs> yeah. Board too expensive calls or- where it was just like such a struggle sometimes with like the age gap too, like, and what people want out of the magazine, you know, like when we do surveys and stuff, like they were saying, like, we want business tips. We, do we need to hire HR or do I need to hire a sales rep? Which I think Kevin Baumgart's doing a great job with sales Inc. Um, with that community. But then you'd get like older vets who are like, where are the 20 page technical articles? And it's just like trying to find <laughs> the balance between. So I don't know. I just feel like that was always a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. Specifically in the screen I think printing we space. became screen printers because uh, like we wouldn't. What, what do I always say? Like we would not be uh, we are unemployable. That's why we're screen printers. <laughs> That's why we became screen printers. Yeah, is because we are unemployable. And so you're going to get the good, the bad and the ugly of like all of us. Yeah. But I think those are opinions are like eclectic. I think they're kind of fun. I think like they're kind of comedic sometimes when you kind of laugh at it. Like sometimes I think the print industry could be like, you know, uh, like a curb your enthusiasm episode occasionally. Um, So I don't know. Like they're just T-shirts. You know, I I asked Adrian, I asked Adrian the other day, like, do Xerox and HP users argue this much? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like. Yeah, like Xerox power users. There's no way. When a piece of HP. equipment costs a million dollars, it's like they're not on Facebook. Uh, although, like, I was right. trying to think of under no, other industries, like John Deere and Case IH. I bet you the farmers are pretty rowdy. I bet you they get after it. Like, yeah, yeah. In person, no. Yeah, sure. I, it wasn't on Facebook forever. Like, I like was not active with my personal one. And so I created like a professional Facebook specifically for the screen printing space because I was like, I'm missing out on so much stuff. Like I had no idea what was going on in these groups or con- like it's, it's wild. I've never witnessed anything like it. Yeah. All right, Adrian, we appreciate you coming on. Um, very excited to see what you do again. Thank you for all the contributions to the apparel side of the space. I'm sure, uh, or screen printing, I should say side of the space. And, uh, yeah, thanks for spending time with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing you at upcoming events for sure. We'll have to touch base again after y'all launch to see how things are going. We're excited for you. So congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully before printing United and I actually, 
um, we'll be presenting the women in white format and women in screen printing awards at the show. Um, so if anyone wants to recognize and celebrate the 2023 winners, uh, it's at the future state theater Thursday at 4 PM. So I'm kind of doing like, I don't know, I'm, I'm coming back for, <laughs> for one more. You're an industry influencer now, Adrian. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, Pernessos, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you on the next week. I think that's the show. Thanks all. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video. If you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And... I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.